Welcome to Crystal Clear Finances, where we understand finances can be confusing, but you don't have to face it alone and you can have confidence for every financial decision. My name is Crystal Langdon. I am the certified financial planner, qualified kingdom advisor, founder of Crystal Clear Finances, but I am your host for the next 30 minutes as we begin to bring financial clarity so that you can have confidence. And today I'm excited because as promised, I have Tony Parrish here with me. Tony Parrish is this chief investment officer at Alpha Star Capital Management. He's also a CFA, which is very impressive to me because that's a charter financial analyst, if I can talk today. And that means he knows a lot of stuff. And so I'm thrilled that you're here with me. He's come up, he's done a couple market update reviews with my clients. So thank you. Thanks for having me, Crystal. So today's program, we talked about this. What would be the best things that we could be talking and sharing about with our clients, our listeners? And we talked about, all right, well then tell me what you see as some market weaknesses in 2022. And then if we have time, I'd like to segue in, what are some things we're seeing for 2023? I know, tall order of what I'm asking. That's fine, let's jump into it. So, you know, um, the, the tagline for 2022 has been, there's there's really been no place for investors to hide. Correct. Everything <laughs> had just got crushed this year. Large cap stocks, small cap stocks, mm -hmm. value stocks, growth stocks, you know, bonds, real estate, no <laughs> matter where you it. go, it all was just tremendously ugly. And, um, you know, a lot of clients ask, why have things been so bad this year? Mm. And the reason things have been so bad, and by so bad, I mean, like comprehensively bad, not necessarily the magnitude of the drop, but the fact that virtually everything has, has gone down. Uh, there's there's really kind of been a perfect storm of different uh, elements that came together. The biggest one, of course, is inflation. Mm. Right, uh, inflation is higher now and more more deeply entrenched in the economy now than it has been in a few decades. We yes. have to go back to the early '80s to see inflation this high. Uh, we also have rising interest rates, mm -hmm. right? um, and they're related, right? Oh, yeah. Ed and other central banks around the world have been raising rates to try and curb inflation. And in so doing, they, what they've done is they've, they've really kind of slowed down the economy. Look at mortgage rates, for instance, went from 3% last year to Gosh, 7% no, I know. year, right? So rising interest rates, that's another one. Um, we're seeing a global economic slowdown, right? Mm. So it's not just the U.S. that is experiencing the slowdown this year. All around the globe, it's happening. In fact, if we look at the top four economies of the world in ranked order, the U.S., China, Japan, and Germany, mm -hmm. um, they account for roughly half of the global economy, so huge. And all four of these economies are have been slowing in 2022 and are projected to slow in 2023 as well. So that's been a big factor. Um, we also came into 2022 with asset prices very high. Yes. Right. There was a big run up in, in the markets. Didn't. Uh, 2020 and 2021, it didn't really matter what you invested in because everything made money. Exactly. That, that was like, you know, uh, you could you could put on a blindfold and throw a dart at a stock chart and whatever mm -hmm. you hit, mm -hmm. it's probably going to be a profitable <laughs> investment, right? Good chance it would be. And, and so the markets were uh, primed for consolidation or correction coming yes. into the year. Uh, there's also been geopolitics, mm -hmm. the invasion of Ukraine, um, you know, tensions in the Middle East, uh, tensions in Taiwan. We've had a lot of really controversial elections in the U.S., very hotly contested election, but also in the U.K. and in Brazil and in Israel and other places. So a lot of uh, geopolitics going on. And then, of course, you know, COVID. Yeah. COVID is still with us. I mean, China is still implementing a zero COVID policy, which impacts their ability to produce and export. And it's an engine, you know, in many ways, it, it, China still is the uh, 
the uh, industrial plant for the world. Mm -hmm. And if they're uh, having trouble producing and experiencing, you know, supply chain bottlenecks, then that's creating, um, you know, a big problem. So it's been a perfect storm is where right. I'm going with all yes. this stuff, right? And on top of that, the biggest, um, the biggest factor, the biggest reason for the slowdown uh, in the capital markets across the world this year has been what I call the disappearance of the Fed put. Mm. And what I mean by that, a put, it refers to a put option, which right. which allows investors to limit their losses on a certain position. So the market markets had basically been lulled into this false sense of security. Okay. Uh, going back, really, s since the financial crisis and before, mm -hmm. and if markets fell too far too fast, the Fed would come in and, and, right. and limit those losses, right? And largely that was true. It was true during the financial crisis. It was tr true during COVID. But this year, it became clear to the markets that the Fed would be willing to let markets drop because its, its, its focus has shifted to fighting inflation. That's mission critical. And so if you go from a, a, a world where, uh, you know, you basically have limited losses to potentially unlimited losses, I'm not exactly. saying that clients are going to lose an unlimited Right, amount, right. The market psychology has changed and it, it pulled away the, the, the safety net on the markets. And that on top of all of the other things, really created this perfect storm mm -hmm. and created an environment where there's been no place to hide this year. And I think, you know, I wrote down some notes as you were talking, and one of the things is that when you had mentioned, it's not necessarily that it was so deep, but it's so broad. broad. So you can't just go someplace else and get relief. Right. It's just, it's really across, and it's that constant hammering of it that finally just wears people down and says, oh my gosh, is this ever going to get better? And we can see, you know, there is some good that will come of it because if I think of the stock prices, when you said the stock markets were yep. so high, I mean, it's just a year ago. Try to think a year ago yeah. where our stock prices were yeah. and people were saying, oh, I need to get more of that. I'm going to miss out that FOMO, like buy right. me that stock. And right. you're like, guys, we're buying it at the top of the market. Mm -hmm. Now, when we're here, one of the things even in the midst of this widespread, you know, discouraging time, there needs to be an accountability with the financial advisors working with the clients to go over their portfolios, to really look at it and say, hey, you know what? Everything looked great when we were at the top. Maybe it's not such a good stock and not just evaluating, Tony, you know, what is the rate of return, but evaluating the quality of the company. What's the long term projection of it? What is the good that it's bringing to society? Do people really sure. need that service? So there's a lot of tweaking that can now be done during this season. And even though it's an uncomfortable season, it's a season that has investors' attention. And so I'm meeting with more and more of my clients. They're coming in, how come my rate of return is down? Which, you know, I don't want to see them have a rate of return down. But it allows us to have that conversation to say, look, this stock here, it may be down, but it's not actually the stock is a poor stock. It's a good one. Look where we're going and look at the projection of what a yeah. stock market cycle is. Absolutely. You're, I mean, you're doing the right thing for clients of Crystal Clear Finances because you are rolling up your sleeves and really you getting have to. in. Not only to the individual positions, but the individual goals and yes. characteristics of the household that you're working with. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm reminded of that old uh, expression from Warren Buffett: "When the tide goes out, you see who's swimming without a bathing suit." Yes. And uh, it, when the markets are going up, like they were over the prior couple oh, of years, oh, everything looks any, good. Any advisor could just say, mm -hmm. "Oh, you know, I'm I'm a professional financial advisor. I'm a fiduciary, and mm -hmm. it's right by me." But it's not until years like this, where the tide falls 
and asset valuations fall, do you get to really see a differentiation between the good advisors mm -hmm. and the ones who are just coasting? Right. And actually, this is an exciting, I know this sounds odd, but this can be a really exciting time because when I can show the client, look and really dissect it for them, they actually leave the office, Tony, yes. like, okay, I'm disappointed that the rate of return isn't there now or isn't right. there yet, though there's no guarantee, but at least I know what I own. I understand why I own it and I'm approving of it. This is going to be good for me in the long run. Yes. And helping that client shift from the present day, everything's bad, mm -hmm. to, well, wait a minute, there are some good things we're finding out here and we just have to navigate through till the next cycle comes around. It so is cyclical. It, it is. So that kind of brings me as we start thinking about 2023. It's hard to believe already this year's over. I know for many people are saying, thank God it's over. Um, but what are you seeing as areas that you're looking at, you know, key points for 2023? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, uh, it's, you know, it, it's the kind of thing where we have experienced uh, losses across the capital markets. There's a lot of mm -hmm. uncertainty. We may be in recession. We may not be in recession right. at the beginning of November. Um, there, it's very difficult to get a bearing on what 2023 will bring. Will it bring a recovery or mm. bring, you know, further economic market weakness? It's really hard to say. So we're really focusing on what we view as the three most important variables. These are the mm. known unknowns. Yes, okay. Right? This is so what we're watching. Big three known unknowns are the success of the Fed. That's mm -hmm. the success of the Fed is, means can the Fed orchestrate this soft landing? Right? Can the Fed raise interest rates just enough to keep uh, uh, inflation in check without sending us into recession? The jury is still out on whether mm -hmm. or not we can, they can do that. And we talked about that in our last discussion. Right. And I loved how you even had brought up in our market update that they lost a lot of confidence with consumers. With Right. Yeah. So last year, you know, the Fed, in retrospect, it, it was a mistake. Mm -hmm. but the Fed said that they, they viewed uh, inflation, the rise of inflation as being transitory or temporary, right? Mm. In other words, they thought that inflation had spiked because of the dislocations that came from shutting down the global economy, right. COVID, and then turning it back on again. Right. And um, so what they did was they essentially said, we don't feel the need for hawkish monetary policies right now. We think that a lot of the, uh, the, the inflation pressures will self-correct. Right, work itself out. Because they, they expected inflation to be transitory or different. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, as the year went on, they Surprise. started to round the corner and yeah. started to observe that actually inflation pressures have become not only uh, very much higher than they thought they would be, but more deeply entrenched across mm. the economy. Mm. And so coming into 2022, they had to start putting in place a, a much tighter monetary policy right. and get very aggressive on interest rates. Mm -hmm. right? And they lost a lot of credibility. They well, lost they control of the narrative in, in terms of uh, falsely, in retrospect, we realize falsely identifying inflation as being transitory. Mm -hmm. So they're playing catch up now and they have to get control of that narrative. And they really have to anchor uh, investors' expectations about inflation. Investors can, as long as investors continue to be surprised about inflation, we're going to have choppy markets. Yes. Right. That's so a anyway, statement. But, but I'm getting ahead. The oh, first, sorry. The first variable, <laughs> the first variable is, uh, is the success of the Fed, being able to raise interest rates without sending us into recession. The second variable has to do with the labor market. Mm. You know, we are at a very, we have a very tight labor market. The unemployment rate is at a 50 year low. Uh, anybody in this market who has skills, who wants a job can get a job. And that's the bright point is that 
the labor market is strong enough to withstand uh, some economic challenges. Mm. Right? In fact, we've seen interest rates rise more than 3% this year, and the labor market really hasn't been affected, apparently. Right? right. Now, we're starting to see some cracks. We're seeing more layoffs, et cetera. But even if the, lay if the labor market, uh, if the unemployment rate doubles, mm -hmm. it goes from roughly 3% to, let's say, 6%. A yeah. doubling of the unemployment rate would be huge and terrible, mm -hmm. right? But <laughs> even if that happened, unemployment is still only at 6% at that level, which in prior eras, 6% was basically considered full employment, right? Right. right. There's always going to be some unemployment just because of, you know, friction in the economy. Mm -hmm. um, so um, the success of the labor market and the ability of the labor market to withstand economic headwinds is a variable that we are going to monitor very closely. Mm -hmm. And the real question is, will the how will the labor market respond if we end up going into a recession? Right. That, that's the question. So that's the second variable, yeah. second known unknown. The third known unknown really comes back to inflation. Mm -hmm. And in, in a lot of ways, honestly, the 2022 discussion, if you were if we were to boil it down to one word, mm -hmm. the word is inflation. It really yes. has become this you know giant topic that has tentacles into every other topic. It does. And so the question, the, the, the known unknown is how will inflation respond to slowing economic activity, which we're seeing, and to the hawkish monetary policy mm -hmm. of the U.S. Federal Reserve and other central banks around the world. And so far, the, the answer is, well, we're not seeing much evidence that it's responding. Right. The caveat is as follows. There is a lagging effect of raising rates today mm -hmm. versus the impact on inflation, which won't take place today or tomorrow. It'll likely take place in in a very nuanced way mm -hmm. in the coming weeks, months, and quarters. So um, I think the Fed is hoping, and I'm certainly hoping, <laughs> that a lot of the uh, raising of rates this year, while we're not seeing significant impact in terms of lowering inflation now, the rate hiking that's already happened this year will begin to show effects in terms of lowering inflation down the road. But again, it's, an, it's a known unknown. We right. don't know how inflation is going to respond. So to recap, three variables, success of the Fed, the evolution of the labor market, and the way that inflation mm. um, uh, responds to uh, uh, tighter economic conditions. Those are the things that we're really looking at going into 2023. We'll be back in just 60 seconds with more crystal clear finances. Tic-tac-toe, three in a row. Did you win or lose the first time you played? This is Crystal Langdon with today's Financial Gem. When you don't know the rules of the game, it's easy to end up on the losing side. But once you understand the rules, you can play more efficiently. Finances are the same. It has rules, and those who understand them benefit. And those who don't, unfortunately, they seem to miss out on getting three in a row. Take time to learn the rules of finances. Understand what works, what doesn't, and why. Call Crystal Clear Finances at 518-433-7181 and gain confidence for every financial decision. You can win at finances. And we're back with more Crystal Clear Finances. Now, one of the things I like that you had uh, brought up at, and thank you for sharing that, but you brought up during our webinar, these, the updates, seminars, I should say, was you talked about 
how do we position, and, and I want to make sure that I clarify compliance purposes all over the place, that we're not giving specific recommendations over the radio program or on our YouTube channel, but what we are doing is saying, okay, as investors go into 2023, what are some key areas that they need to be looking at to remind themselves, even as they're working with an advisor, about positioning, their outlook on it? Can you speak to those areas? Sure, sure. So in terms of positioning for clients, you know, if you're an investor and you're trying to think about what we should be doing in this current market, what I would remind you of is what reminding uh, I want to remind investors of is the idea of what are the fundamentals mm. of investment management, right? Early on in my career, I had um, the, the great fortune to work with some really fantastic world-class investors, professional institutional investors, and some mentors who helped mm. me to really understand how the markets work. And I, I'm truly blessed and, and grateful for right. having been exposed to mm -hmm. those minds and that, that, that coaching and, and counseling over time. And they imparted in me some of, uh, some of the things that I kind of refer to as the fundamentals of, of investment management. And the first one really is that it's much more important to focus on your overall asset allocation than the specific security selection. Correct. Not to say security selection isn't important because it can be very important, but mm -hmm. what's more important is kind of the broad exposures to this, how much do you have in the stock market? How much do you have in the bond market? How much do you have in safety products? How much do you have in other yes. types of products, right? And I, I know you know these- Oh yeah, <laughs> you're preaching my song, yeah. <laughs> exactly. So. That overall asset allocation is so much more important uh, than should I buy Google and sell Microsoft or, or vice versa. Correct. Right. So asset allocation is more important than security selection. Okay, and I, and I just want to speak to that because a lot of things what I sit down with my clients is especially in the good markets, so our foundation on that is that we believe that there needs to be proper amount of savings and safe money. Mm then the proper diversification within the yellow tanks or the investment arenas, which could be business, it could be real estate, it could be stock market, just different components, mm -hmm. and then the proper protection. And so what we've done is during up times in the market, we've been able to take the capital gains, take the profit, move it over into something safe sure. so that now when they're down here at the five to seven o'clock, instead of spending their money that's in their investments mm -hmm. and selling it low, they're just gonna go right over to their green tank, their savings, and be able to pull out of that. And we know we have that growing at at least 5%. So sure. to me, that's the proper diversification of, like you said, having core components. What are we doing? What amount's in our safe? What amount is in our investment where there's risk? What amount do we have for protection? All those components, they feed each other. And Tony, you teach this when the market's up. People are like, ah, we really don't want to move something that's so doing 20% over. Why would I put it in a 5%? I'm like, well, because we made this much money and we need to put it over here. And I call it, you know, a lot of my uh, clients are faith-based. So I call it the Joseph model, yeah. where Joseph, he learned, hey, wait a minute, there might be a famine coming. Just like me, hmm, after 24 years, the market seems to always have a down. Maybe there might be a famine coming. Right. And why don't we take some of the good grain that we have, the profit that we have, right. put it to the side in something that's still growing, mm -hmm. but doesn't have that risk over here, so that when the town times come like we're in now, my clients can literally just pivot and pull from those areas. Mm -hmm. So I mean to interrupt, but it's no, just it's so, yeah. you know, it's common sense principles that when the market's up, you really don't want to do it. And when it's down, you're so glad you did. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. The um, ba basically being able to take take some of the profits and set them aside, yeah. take them out of the, out of the, the risk mm -hmm. 
and now risk goes both ways. There's, there's a risk that there's going to be a drawdown. Right. But there's also, you know, uh, the possibility that they may increase in value, Correct. right? So by taking those profits, we're basically saying we're going to take the variability out yes. of the equation, right? Mm -hmm. it's, when the markets are up, as you say, people are reluctant. To well, yeah, because now I'm making 15 or whatever percentage rate right. that I'm just so yeah. happy with. But, you know, if you really know what their goals are, I mean, we had one family, not to get on a tangent, but we had one family, we took over $250,000 out of their one account. And here's the grandma and she's giving it to her kids and her grandkids. And the, I mean, she just tears coming down, knowing that she was watching them get blessed out of money that we took aside, which was one of her goals to live yeah. to see that she could pay for things, pay for weddings, the baby, like it was just such an incredible time. And then you look at where the market is now and you think, okay, I was able to take that out, make a dream come true. And then they, they're walking through this. They still have other money to tap into. Mm -hmm. All right, I'll get off that's my great. soapbox. No, I'll get off. <laughs> that's a wonderful example, a real life example. It is. And, and that's why, you know, we talk about how it's, it may seem counterintuitive to to take money out of the market when the markets are, are rising, right. when there's a market rally going on. But it's so important to do that in the same way that it's so important to put together a plan yes. when you're in positive a positive environment yes and right, right. not wait until crisis right. is on you and you're feeling stressed to make a decision you don't want to have to make those important life decisions mm -hmm. when you are when there's a crisis going on it's kind of like you know if you uh if you, if you go to the hospital and they're going to give you anesthesia they want to make sure that you're not going to be operating any heavy machinery yes. <laughs> you're not making any life decisions you know you're not you're not yeah. doing anything that uh, might be uh, influenced by the fog of the anesthesia, right? Correct. But when a crisis happens, it does create yeah. a kind of fog on our brains and our ability to make decisions. Mm -hmm. Adrenaline starts going. There are mm -hmm. physiological oh, yes. uh, you know, things that go on that can really uh, result in us making bad decisions. Mm -hmm. Decisions that later on we kick ourselves for. And what was I thinking? I, exactly. What was I thinking? I yep. wasn't thinking. I was so caught up in the emotion. Of, emotion. Yeah. It's important to make the plan absent of the emotion and then work the plan having that's the a key too, tony is having the courage mm. to work the plan even though well everyone else is doing it this way nope this is what our plan is here was the reasonings right. why all right let's go ahead let's buy more of this right now let's keep doing what we're doing okay now we're going to sell when everyone else is like oh no i'm leaving mine in there look how it's going to grow to the sky and i'm like we need to pivot do it tax, you know, do it in the right tax manner. But yeah. Joseph was a wise man. Yes. And that's why we are still talking. About <laughs> this is true. Right. All right. So the first was point that you said was the asset allocation, how important it is to have that. It's, it's yeah, very important to have asset allocation. Uh, the, the second one really is about um, something we talked about in our last discussion. And that is don't try and time the market. It's really Correct. About having it's about time in the market. Mm -hmm. And I, I really believe, you know, even though even though markets rise and fall, what I like to do sometimes is I like to take a snapshot of a real live, you know, stock mm -hmm. movement, right? And maybe it's going down, mm -hmm. and I show it to people, and I say, you know, what do you see in this in this in this, this chart? And they say, oh, it's terrible, it's awful, right? And then I say, well, I haven't told you what time frame we're looking at, right? Is this a hundred years, ten years, one mm. year, one month, one day, one hour? What are we looking at? If it turns out that that downward turn is actually just a short period of time, and then I zoom out. Oh, show, that's powerful. Yeah. And that, 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 what looked like a big drop at that moment 
is actually it's a blip. Tiny little blip. It's almost invisible to the naked eye. Okay. Among a much larger uptrend, then mm -hmm. you know that that seems to drive home the point. Yes. That you know objects in the mirror. <laughs> How does it say? Are small or larger than they larger appear? Than yeah. They appear. Yeah. Exactly. So. You know, we tend to get this myopic view of what's going on now mm -hmm. in, in the recent history. That's called a recency bias. We make decisions based on this recency bias. And often those decisions are counter to our long-term well-being. Mm -hmm. So don't try and time the market. But, you know, and I want to even add to that because after 24 years of doing this, I hate saying 24 because then it shows how old I am. But yet I like it because it shows how long, how much time mm -hmm. I've had in the market. Right. And working with advisors, I believe it's important that have seen this. I remember the first time I saw the market go down, I'm like, oh, I'm hyperventilating. I'm going to yeah. protect my five clients that I have, you know, <laughs> where I'm at. And, you know, what can I do different? Nobody else knows everything because this is a different moment in time. And I, I've come to save the day. Right. And then uh, 24 years later, I'm like, okay. Let's go through what are proven principles. Not your first rodeo. Not my first rodeo. It's time in the market. Yeah. And you know, if we will allow ourselves in life to gain the experience that time gives us and, and go with it and learn from it, mm -hmm. I think it helps us in the long run. But if we're constantly in that checker mode of I'm going to jump here and jump there and we're just playing short term games, mm -hmm. we never get that expert at being chess and thinking three steps down the road. So I think even advisors need time in the market. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I, I check myself sometimes. Mm. Uh, maybe I should make a change. And then I take a step back and I say, wait a minute, eat your own cooking. Yep. Well, right? and, yeah, well, that's what I love about having you right there at Alvastar. I can call and say, hey, Tony, I've got this one thing. Am I kind of getting off the tracks or am I thinking this straight here? Does this need to make an adjustment? Sure. Because there are times in a down market I have made adjustments and said, nope, I know I don't like to sell during a down market. This needs to happen. Yeah, and that's actually one of the principles of the of uh, portfolio management, the fun fundamentals of portfolio management, and that is don't change your core portfolio based on the headlines, mm, right? That's so, so good. So regardless of the outcome of the elections or what's going on in the Ukraine or inflation or mm -hmm. anything in the headlines, you shouldn't be using those pieces of information to change how your core portfolio is Correct. Now, that's not to say you should never make changes because absolutely there are right. lots of significant times when a review of your core investments is appropriate mm -hmm. and some changes may also be appropriate. So what are those things? Well, if you go through a life change, mm -hmm. right? if you retire, that's a life change that may cause you to uh, you know, mm -hmm. review and maybe change your core portfolio. Maybe you get married, maybe you lose a spouse. Maybe you're sending a kid or a grandkid to college. Maybe mm -hmm. you're buying a house. Maybe you're selling. Maybe you're downsizing because right. you're an empty nester. Who knows, right? There, there, there are different things that um, that would that are life changes that would prompt a review and mm -hmm. potentially a change of the portfolio. But the headlines should no, not it can't. Be, should not be. I agree. Just for making I agree. Changes. Wonderful. All right. One more before we have to start bringing it down to a close. So we have that. We want to make sure that asset allocation is correct. That's something that people be, should be aware of. We want to make sure we have time in the market, not timing the market. And we want to understand how there was, you had prosperity, you had liquidity, and I know I'm doing this out of order and certainty. certainty. So it was prosperity, certainty, right. and liquidity. What does that all mean? Sure. Um, so it, investing involves trade-offs, right? Mm -hmm. Everybody wants investments that 
go up and don't have any risk. Right? But unfortunately, that would be I hate, wonderful. I hate, I hate to tell you that. <laughs> Sorry, that, that doesn't that free lunch doesn't exist. Really, investing involves trade offs, and I yes. think of the large three trade offs as prosperity, certainty, and liquidity. There you go. Prosperity means the ability to grow your assets. Mm-hmm. Certainty means knowing in advance what the outcome is going to be, and liquidity means being able to buy or sell any day that the market is correct. Up. You can have two out of those three things in any individual investment, but you can't have all three. Good news is if you create a nice blend, you can participate exactly. in all of those in the way that's right for you. So for instance, the stock market has a lot of prosperity, right? Mm-hmm. You can grow your assets and it has a lot of liquidity. You can mm-hmm. get in and out any day, but is the stock market certain? No, no, Especially I can certainly short, tell you that. <laughs> over a short period of time, it's not certain. So that's an example of a trade-off in, in the market. The important thing is for people to work with a professional financial advisor, such as yourself, to identify the goals, identify Mm. the means to get there, and then work with those various trade-offs to put in place a portfolio that is both well-diversified and allows them to get Mm. to their destination using means they're comfortable with. I agree. Well, Tony, thank you so much for joining us today. It has been a pleasure. You just powerhoused right through between webinars, seminars, and radio programs. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yes. And I want to thank you for joining us today and remind you to give our office a call at 518-433-7181 and schedule a free initial consultation. And then join us again next week as we continue to provide financial clarity so that you can have confidence for every financial decision. My name is Crystal Langdon. Thank you and God bless. This program is for educational purposes only. We understand that finances are complex. Facing them alone causes stress, resulting in wrong choices, missing out on opportunities, and having to settle for a lower standard of living. At Crystal Clear Finances, our team approach focuses on providing clarity and confidence so you can make the right financial decisions. Investment advisory and financial planning services are offered through Alpha Star Capital Management, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Crystal Clear Finances and Alpha Star are separate and independent entities. SEC registration does not constitute an endorsement of the firm by the commission, nor does it indicate that the advisor has attained a particular level of skill or ability.